Hey, it's Neil Brogan. Thanks for tuning back into episode two of Brogan's Run. I hope you're well. Um, so, just to pick up where we left off, um, speaking with Cahal Cully, uh, who's recording as Group Zero at the moment and talking about his new record, uh, which is called Everyone's Already Come Apart. And uh, we're just picking up where we left off the conversation. So, I hope you enjoy. Uh, the rest of this conversation, which I recorded with Cahill towards the end of November 2021. So yeah, enjoy. that's the second song like that's the wee banger that like you know comes in and it's like the obvious kind of little tune uh, right early on i keep thinking i was listening to that it was reminding me of silk flowers i was like keep expecting oh cool yeah voice to like boom in there that's a band i've not talked about a long time yeah well neither have i but it it did cut it i was like that reminds me of silk flowers that tune a wee bit um you see that like i appreciate that then and like I suppose me and you sort of come from the same kind of place of like, and I suppose Mark as well, like a touch sensitive. And when you're coming from that kind of like DIY punk kind of indie background, yeah, you know, we're not like, I, I like I, like you said, it's a banger, which is like, yeah, fair enough. But like, it's not, it's not techno. It's not like dance no. music per se, you know? And I think that's where the confusions come in for the last two groups, zero records were, all right, I've made this electronic music and some of it's got like four four beats, but it's not made for like, you couldn't, you could, and like purposely again, like you couldn't play that out the way it's mixed on like a massive PA and a dance floor. It would just like sound horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> so you think like, you say you like deliberately try to make it bad, not badly mixed, but just not like, because I've listened to it I've listened to it a few times and I have listened on headphones to it and I thought that it sounded very, um, you know, because I think I was reading in the blurb for it or whatever that Mark put up that it's something to do with being like deconstructing whatever you've done and then kind of like deconstructing the canvas or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. To me, it sounds like quite coordinated deconstruction because it's very like, precise the way the way everything kicks in um but there's some songs on it like the last track on it the club singer yeah it sounds to me like that's the one that you've really fucked with you know (laughs) like because it's quite long but also it starts off really like woozy and disorientating and it sounds like you've messed around with that one quite a lot you know around that one 
a lot, but also kind of let it flow, which is maybe why it's got, which maybe why it's quite longer. Um, and you know, just like letting stuff go, uh-huh. you know. And, but in terms of like, yeah, kind of being deconstructed. Um, so if I, if I go back, like I was saying, I started the sketches of some of the stuff was from like you know about two three years ago. Yeah. And they might have sounded a bit nicer and brighter sounding, but it was, you know, stuff was just getting like piled on top of it. Yeah. And then getting scraped off again, kind of, and sort of dubbed out. And right. Probably a load of sounds and a load of, a lot of high frequencies just getting like cut out. Yeah. As well, like you know, um, but yeah, like like the sketches that I that I had, some of it was there were like samples uh-huh. from like a, like a Polish radio, um, it's like some old Polish radio um, station, kind of like a kind of like the BBC Radio Workshop, Radiophonic Workshop. It's like a Polish. Are we talking about the club singer, the sample in that? Is that what that is? The, no, the sample in that's from a film, right? Which only. I don't know. I think only Mark knows what it is. Nobody else has picked up on it. <laughs> Probably shouldn't even mention it anyway. Well, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if you can do it off the record. Or <laughs> but yeah, that's that's from a film, which um, we don't, haven't got any money to pay for. Uh, yeah, so just say nothing. Just say nothing. I'll tell you afterwards. Um, and the other sample in there, it's like that sample that we need water sample. Yeah. Some Australian guy, what's that? Is it allowed to say without it uh again that's pre- that's pretty niche is it that's a yeah yeah it's it's a cyclist that's all i'm gonna say all right um, yeah, yeah. okay a couple of, some like somebody um so yeah like i ride bikes now that's what, kind of middle-aged sort of well you always did a bit didn't you you always did ride your bike a wee bit yeah and that but then i got into it like a couple of years ago yeah um like yeah, I got really into it as as anybody who does like, and then um, so yeah, I was out with a, a cycle with like a guy from the club I'm in, and he he's like a he's an animator, so he's into cool stuff anyway. And he was like, yeah, I was listening to your record, and then he he, he was like said, oh yeah, I really I really like that that one with like such and such in it. And I was like, you you realised who it was like, and he was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because it's kind of niche in that way. Um, the cool thing here is all the towns have like a big water tower. So you could just see it. And it was literally like, it's like, we need water. And like, there's the big water tower. And like, that's where it is. He's <laughs> like, I know he could die. Yeah, so I was going to ask you a bit about cycling. So you're quite into that now. Like, how far have you gone on your bike in a day? In a day? Well, the, the, how far, the furthest I've gone on a day is about 250 kilometers. Shit. Where did you go? 
the coolies you know, across the border. Like beyond Uri? Beyond Uri, yeah, beyond across the border. Um, mm. Well, I've done a few days like that. That was with a couple of guys. The last day I was at my bike, did 100 miles. Wow. And then and then I got sick. Yeah. And I've not been back on it since. But I didn't get sick because I rode 100 miles. It's kind of, no. It's kind of standard. Not standard, but it's not far off at like. My brother, he doesn't really do it so much anymore, but he used to ride bikes when I was a kid like that. He would he would go out for the day and he'd, he'd have gone like 100 miles or something. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I still can't really get my head around that. Like how you could go that far on a bike in a day without completely killing yourself. <laughs> like I just couldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, you got to just keep eating and drinking all day. Mm-hmm. Um, do you not just feel like when you get off the bike at the end of that, can you walk properly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like anything. You kind of build yourself up to that. And then um, it's like people who run, you know. It's like, yeah. You can't just go and run a marathon like one no. day, you know, kind of. But uh, but yeah, and it's fun. Like, But that's the, that's the other problem. That, like you said, your, your brother, like going out for the day and you're like cycling 100 miles, whatever. It takes up a lot of time. Yeah. It's like and your whole like, Saturday or whatever. It can be. And then you're like, when you're working full time, and then where do you make time for music then? <laughs> yeah. I guess you've got to compartmentalize that. I mean, this is time right now. You could be making music. You're talking to me instead. I know. It's but such then, a waste. Like, yeah, I know. That's my excuse again. <laughs> for the, day. Like, the samples that I was talking about, though, the, uh-huh. the Polish um, radio workshop kind of thing. Yeah. There were so that wasn't like um, people talking or anything. It was just like sound experiments, you know. So I was just like lifting some of them, some of those. Like it's just like a big massive sample pack, and just like taking some of the sounds and then just like just like messing about with them. And then that they were kind of starting uh-huh. starting points then of like the the tracks. Like I that's another thing I was going to ask you about. Actually, is your setup like so? If you're sitting down to make some group zero music. Um, what are you using? Like, what what have you got there in front of you? <clears throat> well, that, the the record that just came out was mostly done, like in the box on Logic. To be honest, uh-huh. um, using Logic drum machines, Logic synths, and whatnot, more or less. Like, yeah, um, and some plugins. Yeah, because I think that's kind of part. Like, so the samples those audio samples and then we're kind of like the, the starting point of it. And then, yeah, so it was like last lockdown and I've kind of not really had a proper dedicated studio set up for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, I did have one in a previous house and then I got a place like in the 343 when it started. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. My amp's still in the 343, I think. Is it? Yeah. So then I, yeah. So then, like every all my gear, like I moved it over there, ready to get set up, and then the band split up. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm not like, I'm like taking a break. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not like, was like almost like a year. And then so, and then I moved house, and I've got like bits and pieces of gear like scattered all over the place. Like I've got stuff in my mom's attic and. Mm-hmm. Stuff in Mark Reed's house actually, and stuff here, and like I think I loaned, I think I give a lend of my aunt 
it's out with someone as well, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, um, and I've like I've got I've a couple of cents here and that, but I've just no no space really. So um, I was going to ask you about Memorial Device. You like that's the David Keenan book, right? Did you read? Yeah, that? yeah. Do you know what? I'm just rereading it now because, like, because I'm the worst reader in the world and I never finished it, even though I've had it for years. I've never read it, but I'm always it's always getting suggested at me whenever I. You know, good, like, yeah. go online. It seems people are, you know, I'm being algorithms are pushing it at me. Um, yeah. I've read wee bits that he's writ- that he's written, and he is very good. Um, um, again, though, like that was, I mean, it was called that because I, I was like, I had a pile of books, and I was just like looking <laughs> at the pile of books, and it was there. But I always thought it was a good name, for something. And then there's another song called Memorial Hall. It's Memorial Hall. And I suppose they were kind of linked, like they're sort of the way they were made are kind of similar. Um, I, sp- I think there's a couple of like sounds that are used in them mm-hmm. that I've just manipulated differently. You know, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. um, there's kind of conti- sort of slight continuation of a theme, mm-hmm. and, and and that theme really was though like memory, like kind of. Not decaying memory, but like, um, like a sort of like a nostalgic memory and like a mm-hmm. a rose tinted memory in a, in a way. Like, um, right? I suppose in, in 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 the way that that that's what that book is about. It's um, it's called like a hallucinogenic memory of like of a scene. It's an imaginary kind of band, an imaginary scene. So it's the it? imaginary band, imaginary scene. Um, this imaginary perfect like band mm-hmm. that like. You know, we're only about for like a year or whatever, and they were the best band ever, and then, yeah. and the whole scene around it and whatever. But yeah, um, I suppose in a way that's where, without before even had the name for the song, like that's what the the idea of those of those tunes were were like, like a memory of a memory. Yeah. You know, kind of like I suppose nostalgic kind of way, but like a warm way as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of goes with the kind of way you've sort of dismantled these like original recordings, going back to them and messed them up a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, um, you know, this as a layering going on there. Yeah, there's a layer. There's a la- yeah, definitely like a layering and then an occlusion of the layering as well. Or if that's a, if that's the way to put it, like yeah, it's kind of a, a bit a bit opaque, right? In a way, yeah. Um. um and then just like that track, the club singer, obviously Vic and Bob shooting stars reference. Um, Absolutely, Vicky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, in my head, like that's just like the most obvious thing ever. But yeah, um, well, I mean, to people of our age, it probably is. Yeah, but yeah. then like, other people just look at you blankly. But I mean, I guess the club singer is like the guy who always, like the way they would do that would be it would be like. The, the the song would be mangled out of recognition, so he wouldn't know what he was singing. <laughs> but and they would always kind of sound the same when he would do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And uh, so, like yeah, it's the, like the original club singer was um, oh, what do you call him? Um, Mick, uh, Paul Mc, Paul Shane, Paul Shane. Paul Shane. Yes. Who did on Oh, it's on uh, it's on YouTube. There's a, it's like Pebble Mill. Like it's it's unbelievable. I, w- I rewatched it recently because I thought about I thought about like 
could I like make a video for this? Just like, just <laughs> just like on repeat for like nine minutes. It's so it's so yeah, it's amazing that video. Like, like anybody, a teenager now or like twenty year old, like this was like daytime TV. Like, <laughs> just be like, this is insane. It's something quite <laughs> um, beautiful about that. Like, because he's trying so hard to sing that fucking song, and he's, there's no humor whatsoever to him. Like, he's like really sweating it, and oh, he just so can't good. do it. Like, I rewatched it the other week. Like, I must have. I just had it on repeat, like just in stitches. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, like I called the song the so the club singer because like. Because the sample that I used from the from the film, which I haven't named, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I don't think anybody would really want to come after me anyway, but um, the like it, it, it's because he says "baby, baby" yeah on the sample. And that's what, oh right, that's what it is. Yeah, go back to that. But it, it, but that's not taken away. But then again, like I suppose that's like adding the kind of element of fun to to the whole group zero thing because it's quite a yeah it's in my head in my mind when i listen to the club singer it's like quite quite an emotive piece of music and it's kind yeah of, yeah you know it kind of it it, it it is almost like a like a kind of ballady emo <laughs> weird kind of uh, uh, yeah well, that's interesting yeah. i haven't listened to it that way to me it's just like it completes the rest of it and it just cranks up the wooziness yeah, yeah like yeah. a slightly almost uncomfortable um factor but um it still you know sounds like it's a nice way to end and it's the fact that it's quite long as well mm. um but i've never listened to it in terms in those kind of ways so i'll go back to it now and i'll probably hear it completely differently now you'll just see paul <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well you know um so like, do you think you're going to, like, try and do anything in terms of, like, playing a show or whatever, maybe next year? Or what do you think? Has anyone approached you about it? Um, so nobody's approached me directly. But, yeah, they've been in touch with Mark mm-hmm. at the label. Um, and, like, it was something I said from the start. Like, I was said, um, you know, if you, if you want to put this out, this is great. Like, it's class. Um, I'll do whatever I can to, whatever I can to promote it. But mm-hmm. I can't see myself playing anything um live um, i remember you did play it one time in um what do you call it in the maple leaf yeah um and i remember uh that was really good but i do remember you were like you seemed quite like nervous before yeah i was nervous and it's like that was like a saturday night party night thing as well mm-hmm. it's kind of not really like it's like it's a, it's that sort of thing where it's, it's kind of lost in a and it kind of where, where where is it slotted between and like so there was I think it was like a couple of people got in touch with Mark to like kind of book you know for like club shows and stuff mm. and you know you're turning up on a Saturday night to bang that out like and it's just going to clear a, a floor you know but that might be quite fun just to yeah, it might be fun react <laughs> totally and I mean if you're into that kind of thing I just haven't haven't got it in me at the minute just to be another right. guy with a laptop standing up there you know yeah. if, if you're if you're into that and you can phone it in that's cool but i just can't phone it in right. plus i've also got the uncanny knack of like um 
I get of like losing loads of stuff like uh, on the hard drive that um, all the stems were on and everything has just like is dead. Oh, right? no. So yeah, so there's so, st- so some stuff salvageable and not so. So yeah, I, like there's no way of just like replicating it anywhere alive. To be honest, like that. You just have to go and do something else. I guess like mm. play, play a new thing. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that's the whole thing. I'm just happy that it's like a, uh, you know, nice project. Mm-hmm. And in my in like in my mind, at the minute, my relationship with music is like I'm happy just to like dabble and play about with like just to make sounds. Like, cause you know, I kind of yeah. don't even really see myself as making songs at the minute or anything. It's just like. Do you think that is something you would go back to, like ever, or do you think you're done with that? Uh, no, no. I, listen, the, the one thing I've learned from any of this over years and years is like you can't really say never. Yeah. Um, and you'll go back somewhere along the line, like to something. Um, uh, but like I do, like I've I've a load of stuff again. That's like I've another album that could be put out tomorrow of different stuff of group Possibly. zero no no of, well it, it had always been talked about under my own name right something totally separate um and i've been sitting on that for a long time so, yes because i think i think i saw you did put out something under your own name at one point like on a compilation or something did you Slipped out a couple of things sir um over the last year or so yeah. there's a track on um it was a three four three fundraiser. Yeah, I was really happy with that thing it did for the three four three. Actually, mm-hmm. um, well, both of them things they were just slightly a bit more stripped back again from, but even more abstract than the group zero stuff. Um, yeah. Um, the only thing that I will say about the three four three track. It, it was like uh, it was in one of those compilations where everything's like mastered all together, and it, it wasn't sounding to my, you know, where I what I wanted it to sound like. You know what I mean? From what it was, ma- how it was mastered, the way it was mastered. But that's neither here nor there. Either. I guess it's just to make it fit with everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was just basically like everything was just like compressed to fuck, you know, kind of. Yeah, thing. Like, yeah. Because um, there's a wee few wee subtleties that like. Yeah, but that's just being really pedantic now at this stage, like <laughs> over like a tape compilation of like fifty copies or whatever. Yeah, so you've got more of that up your sleeve, and you might do something with that at some stage. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, again, like it's just down to it's down, like I mean, it's down to well, I suppose in a way, I like the way things are with the world, like and pandemic and like i'm sort of like what's the rush yeah i'm uh i'm not really gonna play play i've no plans to play live so it's just nice to get something out there um in saying that like i I always wanted to always loved records coming out like at the start of the year yeah january february Uh and you probably have done this as well but like Uh when you're when you're not like a big name where you haven't got a big budget or anything, putting out a record, slipping out a record and like the end of January, start of February is like 
almost like a perfect time because like there's not a lot happening. Yeah, so you, you can get a bit of you can get a bit of media, bit of bit of traction. Yeah, yeah, we put it one see things soft days came out in in January and it came out the same day as David Bowie's last record and then he died like two days afterwards. Well obviously like we were never uh competing with the attention David Bowie was gonna get but he like <laughs> dropped that album, remember like he dropped it with no warning. Yeah. And um actually you know we did we did get a bit more attention just because of that time I think. Um, yeah. also because we had a PR person working on it for the first time. And we weren't able to like properly capitalize on it, but we did get some. So yeah, and I think yeah, you're right. That is a nice time, but it's stuff because it's like that post Christmas thing where there's this bit of a gap in January, um, and people yeah. tend to put stuff out in the spring, and you know, yeah, it's weird. Like I suppose like all big bigger stuff of like yeah, I suppose like like everything. It's all you gotta like be looking six months to a year down the line, like. And- well, that's the thing that I've always had a problem with, you know, because for me, like personally, I, my attention span doesn't go that far. And I'm like, in six months time, I'm over whatever it is I'm doing right now. And I don't have the patience to like wait for a vinyl pressing or whatever. And that that's just me, you know. I get that too. Um, I really get that too. Um, but I suppose I've been, last few years, I've been kind of learning to just chill a bit in that way in that regards like and like even the group zero stuff i said like it took well over a year to come out like um mm-hmm. but then again like i you know I, I suppose in that way i i don't have like expectations to like go touring or like you know this isn't like i'm not you know needing to make money off it or anything like that Do you know what i mean yeah um, so it was just like, yeah, it'll come out when it comes out. And the stuff, like I was saying, stuff that I've ready to go, some of it's like five years old. Um, right. Five, like one one track in particular is like five years old. Mm-hmm. Some it's like even, like about three or four years old. And um, But I, I listen to it every now and again just to check and sort of think uh, it hasn't aged or anything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's just sort of feel like I could put this out in another five years' time. Yeah. And it might still be relevant somehow, like, you know. But, yeah. Uh, well, I guess you've just, you've just put in out Group Zero, so probably be sensible to leave a little bit of a gap, I guess, if you were thinking of putting it out anytime soon. But I'm not one to talk, like, no. Um, I'm inclined to just pile things out there. <laughs> yeah, but I, I kind of like that though as well. I like that sometimes. Um... I see. My I'm I'm more and more leaning towards um, just tracks. I mean, it's terrible, but it's all you know. Putting out albums and the the build up to an album and all that stuff associated with albums kind of bores me now. And I feel like the way it is with streaming now, it's like it's all orientated towards tracks. And yeah, yeah. You know, so it's shame, like, because I'm very album. That's just the way I'm kind of hardwired, is, I think, in terms of albums. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, you know, it's it's kind of liberating if you go, well, I can just drop a track whenever, you know. Um, so I don't know. Rather than just kind of conceptualize it into this packaged, you know, 
work. It's kind of more elevated and gets more, um, you know, it's supposed to be more highly considered or whatever. Yeah, I get, I get that too. Um, again, like it's like you say, you come from that mindset and you grew up with like albums and like that's kind of like almost like the pinnacle of like your art in a way, you know, that it was like the album. Yeah. And, like growing up on CDs and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to like, I, I find myself asking that as well. Um, the way things are now, like I, I the last like year or so I've stopped buying records really like um yeah last couple of years uh-huh. after buying after buying them for so so many for years and it's I've just kind of embraced the digital age now you know and oh, the I'm convenience of it like I'm and plus I just don't have the space for them and yeah totally you know it's like that um I'm just laughing I re re watched Heat there. Um, yeah, we watched that recently as well on Netflix. I rewatched it there. I rewatched it last week. It is just great. like th- thinking of um, Robert De Niro saying, "You know, when the heat's on, like, and you have thirty seconds to get out the door, like, <laughs> I don't want to like, I don't want like th- hundreds of records to cart out. Like, <laughs> I gotta go. I'm taking yeah. my phone and listening to Bandcamp. <laughs> exactly, and your Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, get the fuck out of there. But yeah, so it's the same thing, like. Like as much as I still appreciate like um, uh, like vinyl records and the beauty of them and everything, and I do have some friends who like own record shops, so it's kind of like can't mm-hmm. really like discourage it and all. But it's just like it's weird times, you know. When like I found I found myself actually the, the the and I do buy the old record now and again, but it's like I'll buy it, I'll just get the download code and listen to it from then, you know. The old time will put a record on, like, but yeah, well, that's I think what a lot of people do. They buy the record to collect it, yeah, and then they don't really listen to it, and yeah. they do just listen to stuff. They just stream it. But and I can imagine how odd this is, sort of someone who's just put out a record saying it. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's how it is. But then, but then again, we're not like pressing up millions of them. You know, well, you're so. like Group Zero is like. 250 or something isn't it it's like yeah. a very small run so, so it's that is collectible. Industry, like yeah yeah um even like but a lot of people i think buy records because they like having that that you know um the whole package of it yeah, yeah, yeah um but then they and they just like looking at it and having it on their shelves but they don't really actually take it out that much they just stream it you know yeah and i'm guilty of that as well um I'd say even the biggest of like vinyl nerds or whatever do that now as well. You know, they've just got like a massive digital library, you know? Yeah. And also it's just money. Like it's like 25 quid or something to buy a record these days. Like it's just some people uh, have that disposable income. Some people don't, you know, to go out and buy two or three records a week or whatever, you know? Well, yeah. And the other thing that I alluded to earlier was like getting into cycling. And that's another expensive hobby. Yeah. Like, all that stuff. So that's kind of where money gets um, diverted to. <laughs> but that's, you know, a healthy pursuit. It is a healthy pursuit, yeah. Not the music, not the mu- but making music isn't. It can't. It can't be quite taxing on the on the mental health. Music, concept. big time. I think so. I mean, I don't think actually making music. Uh, personally, I'm speaking here. Making music isn't taxing necessarily 
on mental health. It's the kind of interaction with uh, releasing music and trying to promote music, I find, to be, like, uh, I just don't like that side of it. it yeah, I find yeah. the whole thing kind of difficult, and um, I wish there was another way to do it, you know? Um, but I guess that way would be just playing gigs. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's it. Like, um, yeah, like I, like I said earlier, like I, I kind of don't miss playing live in that way because I kind of did think it was a bit anxiety inducing. Um, yeah. But then again, that's looking back at a stage where being in a band was like the be all and end all and like, like 100 and like I was in it, like, you know, 100%. And that's yeah. kind of how, that's like, for a couple of years, that's basically like the majority of, that's how, you know, I put food on the table. Like, a, yeah. Um, like, I would always have to work part time in some some regards, like, but then, um, so it was the, the pressures of, of that way, you know, when you're trying to, like, when you're trying to make some sort of like a living out of music, it's hard. Yeah. At the basic level, it's, it's, pretty tough like um totally totally because it's not it's very hard to do that like to make yeah. enough money from it where you can just stop working and then you know it kind of traps you in this thing where you have to take these jobs that you can just drop at any time so that you can go off and tour or whatever you know yeah and then you get and then like, like we we're saying earlier when you're when you're younger and you can just like you've kind of got a load of energy and stuff and yeah, like like the thought of like like I'm working like you know it's through the winter now you know what I mean like Monday mm-hmm. to Friday like not exactly not exactly in, in the rat race but you know what I mean and um, but like the thought of like if I had to go to like some sort of like shit rehearsal space this On evening like yeah. just just no it's <laughs> just no way like for a couple of hours like you know no once you're at, once you're home you're home like yeah that's <laughs> I mean,